feel you, but right now I'm joined by, oh, you know, I, I forgot to ask how do I pronounce your last name right? Uh, uh, David Gushy. Gushy. I've been saying Gushy, so I'm happy about there it. There you go. I mean, it looks how it says, but you just never know these days. You never know. Yeah, Dr. David Gushy here. Uh, in town, I gave a talk last night called Changing Our Minds on the LGBT Issue. Um, you're an evangelist um, professor of Christian ethics and the executive director of the Center of, of for Faith and Public Life at Mercer University. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be on your show, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for coming in. It's um, it's wonderful to have you in here. Um, interesting talk, of course. Um, uh, it's on the t it's the, the topic of the time almost. Everywhere. I yeah. mean, I'm uh, eight thousand five hundred miles from home. Yeah. And uh, we're pretty much, it's a very similar conversation here as it is in the states. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one that really galvanizes Christians. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and one that really causes a bit of conflict between believers and non-believers because we're um, everybody has a pretty staunch opinion on the issue, and uh, it's hard to make people shift. But you shifted. I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, it was a you know, I told the the story about how that happened last night. Uh, uh, it was a, a long journey. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been teaching for 22 years. My view evolved in the last eight years. Uh, but fundamentally, it required uh, new relationships. Yeah. It required getting to know and love LGBT people and, and uh, hear their story, see the world from their perspective, and realize that the church had done an awful lot of wrong to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, now... There's no ways about it. You look at the New and the Old Testament, they both call homosexuality a shameful act, you know, um, the, an immoral. So, I mean, how, how can the church really have a different view on what the Bible teaches? Well, partly you have to look at what was going on in the context of those few verses that, that deal with, you know, same-sex activity. Uh, what The modern concept of homosexuality was not known in the ancient world. Mm -hmm. uh, that What you had was was the belief that anybody who was involved in same-sex activity uh, uh, was rejecting their their natural or God-given heterosexuality and just doing something willfully perverse. Mm -hmm. Plus, especially in the Greco-Roman world, it was associated a lot of times with abuse and domination. So so the idea of that, that there would be people in the world who are wired to be attracted only to the same sex um, and that they could form loving, e equal uh, covenant relationships. All of that is a new concept that wasn't known in the ancient world. Mm -hmm, so you mm -hmm. could have the you could have a, a concept discussed, but the but the context is so different that you're not really even talking about the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but uh, that must be quite difficult. You know, that is going to be the difficult thing because a lot of people do take the Bible to to the letter, to the letter, and also without without reading it in context. Yeah. Uh, you know, any text has to be read in its social context, and mm -hmm. you have to know what. What it was that the uh, that the author was intending to say in the context that they said it, and it'd be like uh, reading a letter, you know, that you write now. Somebody reads it two thousand years from now without any context and tries to make sense of it. They're gonna there's gonna be some misreading. Mm -hmm. But but you know, what I part of what I'm doing in my in my work is uh, drawing on the broader principles and themes of Christian theology and ethics, notably the love of Christ for all people, um, mm -hmm. justice concern for those who are on the margins um, and uh, basic principles of human dignity and sacred worth of all people and uh, I think these are more important than whatever we, whatever we make of those six or seven verses that mention same-sex activity. Yeah. Do you think the church has lost 
or, or people or people um, in the church have lost a lot of those those views. I mean, you you look at um, immigration into the states, people coming from Mexico and stuff like that, and they're all just like send them back. I don't want uh-huh. you here. You know, you we don't want your problems. We don't want you. But you know, wasn't the church all about welcome, uh, bring the poor in, we'll take care of you? It used to be, you. and sometimes still is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like how I like it when I see churches acting in, acting consistently with what they say they believe. Which happens sometimes, it doesn't, and doesn't happen other times. But like the Catholic Church uh, is for humane immigration law in the U.S. because of the the very principle of of uh, welcoming the stranger and compassion for those who are in trouble and and so on. But a lot of times, xenophobia and fear of uh, job loss or whatever else, yeah, or just fear of the other, yeah. um, has Christians just jettison their core principles and they start. Reacting on the basis of fear and 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 uglier motives. Well, because of course they're human. Because they're human. Yeah. I mean, so in a sense, believers in a religious tradition, hopefully that that faith makes them better. Hopefully it challenges each of us uh, to be better people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes uh, sometimes we read our religion in a way that makes us worse rather than better. That's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Um, now uh, we talked a little bit off it, yeah. And, uh, and I'm wondering, you know, uh, is is the changing view within, you know, um, within some Christian sects, uh, sects, um, you know, uh, just a fear of losing followers, like, um, you know, um, in, in the United States, uh, the amount of people that um, say they're uh, Christian has fallen by eight percent since 2014, and it's continuing to fall. Um, you know, is there a fear that we need to move with the times or else we can become redundant? Um, it is true that the number of people who are expressing affiliation with Christianity is dropping. That's, that number is a little high, but, but it is dropping. Um, and I think there are some who realize that, that the stand of most Christians on this particular issue is hurting us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, you know, but that's not what motivated me fundamentally. I yeah, mean, yeah. I was aware of it. But what motivated me fundamentally was the uh, the woundedness of our own LGBT people in our churches and in our families. It was a, a pastoral and uh, pastoral and compassion based. Um, that basically, if somebody is raised in a Christian family that's traditional and conservative, and they discover that they're gay or lesbian, uh, the church leaves them no good options. Yeah, um, you can try to change, which is impossible for almost everybody. You can you can try to be celibate for your whole life. Uh, or you can leave. Meanwhile, there's an awful lot of psychological damage along the way. Mm-hmm. And so, just as a minister and as a scholar, I, I feel like I'm motivated by trying to to help make for a, a, a livable Christianity for all of, I mean, a life-giving Christianity for all of our people, including LGBT people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you I mean, you've, you're getting people that are being excommunicated uh, from their whole families. Absolutely. Forty percent of the young people who are homeless on the streets of the United States are there. Uh, they are uh, LGBT. Either forty percent. Whoa. Uh huh. Yep. Either because they have been kicked out or because they've run away. Yeah. And then once they're on the streets, uh, then you know it's all the stuff that happens on the streets, right? Yeah. You know, uh, prostitution and drug drug abuse and violence and that kind of thing. So there's actually homeless shelters in the U.S. that are specifically for LGBT young people. Yeah, and they can't even turn to the church. 
Yeah, um, and that's where you would, you know, you'd normally for these people, if they're, if, if they're believers, they would turn to their church in times uh, yeah. of need. Yeah, and then you have uh, like our foster care system. So you know, if you if people end up in foster care, like you can't be with your own family. Mm-hmm. But even a lot of the foster care system is not friendly to LGBT people because because of religious objections. And yeah. So you see, you know, my heart is moved by the suffering of of a population of people who everywhere they turn they face rejection in the name of God, and that's just got to stop. Has got to stop. How do you go about changing the mindset, or how you know how have you gone about it? I mean, because I mean, I, I can't imagine you can push too hard. This is something that's going to take time. Yeah, um, I wrote this book called Changing Our Mind, which is what the lecture was based on, and anybody can can read it. Uh, it's on Kindle, um, uh, and and the book takes people step by step through my own journey and just kind of. Can you, you know, like, are you with me so far? Okay, let's go to the next chapter. Are you with mm-hmm. me so far? Let's go to the next chapter. So uh, I think that I've never seen anybody fundamentally change their view on this issue without knowing and caring about specific LGBT people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So relationships are indispensable. Um, but there are more and more relationships available as people come out of the closet and are, are telling their stories. But still, there are many Christians, at least that I know, who they block themselves off from such relationships and so they're just not going to be able to learn anything yeah you know in that way but i think that it, there's a kind of a loop uh you realize something's wrong uh you get to know some people you see how much they're suffering you go back to your religion the bible and and ask new questions of it and meanwhile you continue to be in a relationship with people and so it's kind of a process of 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 change but you know who who really leads the way are those like parents, for example, of LGBT kids or mm-hmm. siblings or friends, the urgency is felt very strongly because they're talking about the well-being of people that they love deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, their voices are really, really important. Now, um, when it comes to your faith, you're a Baptist, mm-hmm. and there are many factions within that, and there are some that are quite conservative and some that are more centrist and more liberal. Right. Um, you know, uh, how... Um, well, that, that that in itself is quite difficult because there are frictions that say yes homosexuality is fine it's a natural process and then there's, there's the others like the Southern Baptists who are just so anti mm-hmm. yeah um how I mean how do these where do these frictions come from and, <laughs> and like I mean that's a big question isn't it I mean a lot of my career has been has been spent dealing with that very question you know yeah. why do we interpret the same faith in such fundamentally different ways yeah. um. Well, and of course, you originally yeah. um, Baptist branched out from Protestant uh, a- Anglicans. Uh, yes, in, in in the English Baptist. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. So there, and you look at the Anglicans; they're split. You know, the Methodists are split. Everybody's split on yeah. this issue. Yeah. Well, I mean, our our, our bishop here, Anglican bishop, is openly um, gay woman, which is fantastic. Well, that's you know, and uh, and and in the U.S., there are some places where that that would be perfectly acceptable, and others where it wouldn't. Um, I think that. This reminds us that we are all limited, and we all look at the same tradition, but we look at it in different ways, mm-hmm. and it's affected by different life experiences. You know, like for me, my local congregation became a place where a lot of LGBT believers came to come to church, and ended up in my friendship network and in my Bible study, and and uh, I could never look at the issue the same way again uh, once I really got to know and love these folks, and to know what it was like to be them a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, but you run into other people, and it's like the way they have interpreted the Bible is so important to them that they're just not able to move. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, slippery slope fears. Like, if I move on this, 
like how do I know that I believe anything for certain? I mean, it's a fear of loss of certainty. Yeah. Loss of the Bible being authoritative. Uh, uh, loss of knowing anything for sure. So, so it's. Um, I think that the LGBT issue often there's a. It's a proxy for other issues. Yeah. Uh, people are concerned about moral chaos or about loss of scripture or, or something. And I, I'm just pleading with people: actually deal with the human beings involved here. Don't make them into a symbol for something else that you're afraid of. How have your views, your changing views, affected your life in terms of where you sit within the church? Um, fortunately for me, both my university and my local church have been supportive, and so haven't had to lose a job yeah. and, and haven't had to lose my church. Um, I have lost some friends, um, and and I've had some people just not understand me at all, and they, they've written me out of the church as they understand it, you know. Mm-hmm. But a lot of others have, have said, uh, man, you're, you're providing leadership on an issue that's really important and 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 there's lots of churches in the US where they're like they're on the brink of of their, of making a change or thinking about this and they are just begging me to come and talk with them about mm-hmm. here's here was my process and here's how you can make this change and not sacrifice core Christian values. And so so I've had plenty to do but it has been quite a journey in the last year since the book came out it's been crazy no, I can imagine it has and I can imagine um, it's going to be uh, you'll be on this path um, for the rest of your life <laughs> I guess so um, I would like, love to see this get resolved uh, I'd love I'd love to live in a world in which if a 14 year old 15 year old discovers that they're gay or lesbian bisexual transgender that that they could find in the church a community that could minister to them, love them, welcome them, and include them just the same as before. And I guess I'll, I'll not be done with this until until that happens. Yeah, and, and, and all the power to you, my friend. That's Thank fan, you. That's fantastic. Um, it's a big responsibility. Yeah, it is. It's, it's huge, but it's, it's fantastic, and we need more people like you uh, to be leading the way um, along with um, our LGBT uh, friends and family and community. Um, I'd like to thank you so much for coming in uh, this morning. It's been a pleasure. Hope thank you're you. enjoying our beautiful city. Oh, it's wonderful. I hope it's not too cold. Not <laughs> too cold. I did have to buy a sweater yesterday. <laughs> yeah. It's a little colder than I anticipated. But hey. That's all right. Good old New Zealand Merino, was it? Uh-huh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we like to see. Oh, uh, Dr. Gashi, once again, thank you so much for coming in this morning. It's been a pleasure, and um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your trip. Thanks. And uh, you have a safe trip home. Thanks, Jamie. Take care. Uh-huh. Brilliant.